Please welcome, please welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast, a podcast where we talk about what makes a business valuable, learn the tips and tactics to increase your company's value that only veteran dealmakers know. And now, here's your host, Ed Misoglamp. Welcome to the Defenders of Business Value podcast. I'm your host, Ed Meisigland. I help business owners understand what creates, preserves, and transfers value in small businesses. Today, we're going to begin something new, and that is frequently asked questions. And we're going to do this every Friday. So the podcast has done substantially better than I would have anticipated. And as a result, we've received a number of questions about business value, market multiples, deal making, and small business in general. So we're going to expand our content or frequency of content and open this up to questions. So we'll put out or I'll put out a three questions each week on Fridays, as well as um, maybe some additional commentary regarding some of the, the deals that we're seeing. So I appreciate you being here, and we'll get started with our first question now. Okay, question number one. What makes a business saleable? You know, over the almost 30 years that I've been in this business, you know, I I thought I had pretty much everything down. And, and buyers do some odd things that, you know, kind of defy logic. But as a general rule, here, here are the things. The factors that have to be in place for you to likely be able to sell your company. The first one is profit. A buyer has to be able to pay themselves, pay their pay the debt to acquire the business and get a return of and on their investment. It's just there has to be that profit available in order to do that. And it's funny, so many business sellers just totally disregard that, that that's the buyer's problem. Well, no, that's not really the case. That is really your problem because the buyer is going to use that income stream in order to get financing, pay you back, etc. The next thing is location. If you have a dismal location, chances are that the buyer is probably going to take take a hard pass. And the fact of the matter is, is that the location is important, uh, especially if, for example, if it's retail or let's just say if it's manufacturing, I mean, access to, to rail or highways or air is important. And so having a, an ideal location amplifies the, the likelihood of sale. Next is equipment. The equipment has to be in good operating condition. I mean, it's it's astounding, and you, you see this with a, a lot of older business sellers where they stop working on uh, replacing equipment. They just they keep on band-aiding it, not putting a whole lot of capital back into the business because they're trying to, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, it's their business. They they continue to pull the profits as opposed to reinvest, and. And then the buyer is, is has a decision to make. Do they buy the equipment as is, or do they penalize the seller from a value standpoint in order to cure the deficiency of equipment? So having equipment that's in good operating condition as well as that is, I don't want to say necessarily new, but is certainly not antiquated. Next, the inventory. If, if 
if the business has a particular type of, um, um, if they're selling product, you know, the inventory that, that the buyer is acquiring has to be good saleable inventory. It's uh, remarkable when we see business sellers that have slow moving inventory and they think that the buyer is just going to, to kind of turn a blind eye and say, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it all. It's just not the case anymore. Next, um, customers. A couple things. First, obviously, customer concentration. And when I say concentration, if you're in excess of 20%, you know, that's a red flag. But the, the composition of, of customers, the longevity of customers, that makes a business sale, saleable. If you have long-term contracts, you know, that, that that's a good thing for a buyer because it makes the future revenue predictable. And predictability in small business, it amplifies value, not detracts it. You know, next is competition. We have to look at what what is competition out in the the marketplace. It, is it a saturated market? Is it a race to the bottom? Is the, with the lowest price wins, or is there the opportunity to take advantage of the unique abilities or the unique attributes of the of your particular business in order to compete at a much higher level? Next, intangible assets. If you have. Um, copyrights or trade secrets or uh, intellectual property that that is something that uh, amplifies value and increases saleability assuming that it can be transferred to the next person next is accounts receivable slow paying and this kind of goes hand in hand with customers you if you have a slow paying if you have a, a composition of slow paying customers that is a that's a, a red flag because <clears throat> Obviously, the quicker cash comes in, the less working capital that the buyer has to obtain in order to acquire the company. Employees, you know that's a that's a lightning rod right now because every I think everybody in every industry is fighting that same talent uh, attraction as well as retention. So having a good quality workforce is is certainly a big plus. In fact, there's a lot of companies that acquire other companies just simply because of the opportunity to acquire talent. So those are my initial thoughts on what makes a company saleable. The next question is where do you get as in where do I get my market data? First place is our own database. I mean we've done roughly 2100 deals, so we we have we have a lot of empirical evidence uh, within our four walls. But when I go outside, I go to a few places. The first one is BizComps, B-I-Z-C-O-M-P-S. I go to Key Value Data. So it's, as, it's, as it sounds, K-E-Y-V-A-L-U-E-D-A-T-A.com. Uh, I use Value Source data from key value data. I use deal stats from business value resources. We did a podcast with them a couple months ago. I also go to the business reference guide and those are the primary places I go to find market data for our purposes. The last question is 
how do I know if I'm a candidate for a strategic acquisition? So it's fairly, I don't want to say easy, but uh, from the standpoint of are you a target? Well, if you look at the landscape of who are your potential buyers, so look at customers, suppliers, competitors, uh, who would benefit from acquiring you? I mean, from a cost standpoint, you know, do you share the same suppliers? Do you share the same vendors? Do you share the same customers? All those types of um, attributes amplify value. But and I and let me stress to you, I would really caution you to approach a competitor. Um, I think I would probably go through an intermediary just simply because you can uh, maintain confidentiality in a, in a, in a more uh, sound basis than, than you personally doing it. So that strategic value uh, that I was referring to the rough rule of thumb, and this is again, take it for with a grain of salt, but uh, the rough rule of thumb is that the target company is five times smaller than the acquiring company. And that's just a rough rule of thumb. So if you're doing a million dollars in revenue, a $5 million company is probably um, the likely candidate to acquire. Now, there's differing opinions on why that is. Most of it has to do with risk that, you know, it, it's understood that um, a lot of the mergers um, fail to assimilate. And I've read up to like 80% uh, tend not to to work as as planned. That's a that's a challenge. And so when we look at um, putting the two companies together, in order to mitigate the risk, the company tends to be substantially larger than the the company that's for sale. I received this question about uh, a about this guy that's uh, looking at a sign manufacturing company. And he sent me this link uh, about it. So I'll just read you the description. It's a company, uh, independent family owned operated sign company offering a, a, a huge array of products and services, including monument signs, channel lettering, uh, sign cabinets, sign face, neon signs, final signs, custom signs, the company has several skilled technicians with 20 years of experience in the sign industry and all are licensed electricians. The company also has a fleet of equipment with the capability to reach almost any signage. So let's see, there are six employees. Uh, let's see, it's located on a couple acres of land. It doesn't look as though the land is included in the purchase price. Um, Let's see what else. It looks like the business owner is retiring and the company does roughly a, a million three fifty with an adjusted cash flow of three hundred and fifty thousand and the asking price is eight hundred thousand. So um, I guess my initial um thought is that's not a bad that's not a bad number. It's just kind of uh, a, a click over uh, a two multiple, um, which is, which is fairly attractive. Now, um, in the deals that we've done in the, the valuations that I've done, um, it, I mean, they sign companies are, are, are tough to sell. Um, you know, no one, I shouldn't say no one wakes up and says, you know what? I, I think I want to be a, 
manufacture signs, especially facing you know the the digital advertising challenges of uh, 2020. So, uh, but but like I said, from 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 the multiples that uh, that I've reviewed, as well as looking at this particular business, it's it seems to be priced pretty good. So, any rate, I uh, I hope that helps. If um, if I can answer any more questions about it, you, you can certainly reach out to me at Ed at DefendersOfBusinessValue.com, and I'll be happy to uh, share with you some additional thoughts that I might have um, with if you offer some additional specifics. Okay, so that's this first episode of Frequently Asked Questions. I hope uh, you found it beneficial. If you have questions, you have a couple options. One, you can go to the DefendersOfBusinessValue.com web, website, and on the side of the website, you can see submit a question. All you simply do is click it, and it will prompt you to record a, a question, and then we'll put it on the air. Or you can just email me at ed at DefendersOfBusinessValue.com, and I'll be more than happy to review, and hopefully we can uh, answer your question on the air. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this beneficial. This was another episode of the Defenders of Business Value Podcast. For more episodes packed with strategies to increase the value of your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com for show notes, transcripts, and free tools to start you on your journey. Subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes.